I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour. This is episode four of my Live Empowered series, Divorce is Not a Destination. Today's guest is Glenn Henry, also known as Belief Mel from Belief in Fatherhood. He's a loving husband and devoted dad to four beautiful children. Glenn Henry has shared his passion for fatherhood with iconic broadcasters like Oprah Winfrey and Steve Harvey and on the acclaimed Apple TV Plus documentary, Dads. Now you get to hear the man known as Belief to the more than 1 million YouTube subscribers here chatting with me. Glenn's mission is to help show the world what being a good father looks like in this modern age. I am so happy to bring you a heartwarming episode to help you on your journey because divorce is not a destination. All you have to do is hit that mute, that microphone at the bottom of the screen and you will be off mute. Oh, all right. There we go. There you are. He is live. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Lisa Summer Hour and I just I am so excited about tonight's show. I am so excited. And yes, we're meeting on a Wednesday um, instead of a Thursday because it's my show and I can do that. There you go. Um, this is Live Empowered. This is Live Empowered. And as you know, every week I bring to you conversations and interviews with people because this whole show is about helping people find the different pathways for them to experiment with their own lives so they can figure out what empowers you, what makes you feel good about living on purpose, about being um, positive with a purpose, you know, and being intentional about your life. And, and this week's show, um, I'm, I don't want to read a whole lot of his stuff because I really want Mel to share this as we're going through this interview tonight. But you know my, my, my saying here is empowered people empower people. And so as the host of this podcast, Live Empowered, my series, Divorce is Not a Destination, I do work in the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion, engagement, and the really fun stuff of race and racism. And somehow it all comes together and makes a nice little salad for this show every week. So today you are going to meet Mr. Glenn Henry. I just love saying your name because I told you my grandfather's name was Henry. I don't say Henry very often, so we might have to find out how... Uh, what you know about your last name, his first name. There you go. Right. And we're definitely going to get into the family. So I'm just going to make you feel at home and say, you know, and now everybody has to go to his show. Hey. Know where that came from. <laughs> so, so now in the fortune cookie, you're going to see my little ticker tape going and you will see www.belief, that's B-E-L-E-A-F, in fatherhood.com. If you don't do it now, do it before the show is over so that you can save uh, access to his website. And from there, you can get all of his social media links, um, his store, his podcast, see his fabulous family, meet his children and his wife. But tonight, you're going to meet the man behind Belief Mill. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, so nice to see you again. Uh, it was great meeting you the first time we met. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to hop into some uh, influential conversation. That's that's wonderful. So we met about a month or so ago. I went to a networking event and I heard uh, Glenn introduce himself and I was already done because you started off with exactly what I want to start off with today. Okay. Um, first, let me congratulate you because I know last week you hit a million viewers on YouTube. So whoop, whoop, what? Yeah. Million subscribers, man. We are very subscribers. Yeah, we, we are. We are very grateful. Um, it's a lot of hard work and um, yeah, it's, it's just awesome. You know. Um, how long have you had your YouTube channel up? So we've had our YouTube channel for seven years. Um, 
about seven years in Oct- October 19th. It'll be. Okay. Okay. And I think you're going to get a plaque in the mail from them for that, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they owe me a plaque for sure. It's supposed to be gold. <laughs> it's supposed to be bigger than the last one. I need my plaque. What was the last one for? 500000 No, it's only, it's for 100000 So you hit 100000 and then they send you a plaque, and then they don't give you another plaque until you hit a million. Ooh, they make you work for that second. Yeah. And the, the, the third plaque, you don't get until you hit $10 million. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to. Yeah. Okay. Folks. Yeah. Go to the website and then click on the link for YouTube and let's get you subscribed this evening. You, so that we you will not be disappointed. That's for sure. You will, not be, you will not be disappointed on any platform where you find this man and his family. I, I promise you that. I promise you that like I have palm trees and I have palm oh, trees. Thank um, you. <laughs> so do me a favor. You introduced yourself talking about a conversation you had with your wife. It really wasn't a conversation. It was a question that she asked yeah. you about having a five-year plan. I want you to share share that story. Yeah, so we were laying in the bed one night and she was just kind of sitting there and bored and she was like, ah, I'm bored, can you read me a bedtime story? And I'm like, no, she didn't say read me one. She said, like, make it up. Like, she wanted me to imagine something and like, and I was just like, I'm tired too. Like, I don't feel like sitting up here and <laughs> building characters out of my head. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm done for today, you know what I mean? And so. She goes, okay, well, you know, she's trying to make conversations. So she goes, well, tell me your five-year plan. Like, where, where are your dreams lie? You know, and I just was like, I don't know, whatever God has for us, I guess. You know, and she was just like, I trust you with my family and my future, and you don't have five years planned out. And rolled over and went to sleep. And I just was like, you know how, like, you you – you want to say something, but you have nothing to say, you know, and you try to smile, but you want to cry. Like it was just, I was very much in my emotions and very sensitive, you know, to it all. And it kind of alerted me that she had hopes and dreams for her future and I didn't even have a plan. And if I'm the, you know, leader of, of our relationship, um, how is she supposed to follow me if I don't know where I'm going, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it really, it, it called my heart to the forefront of like my, my whole life uh, because it, it really thought, it brought up this internal conversation like, bro, what do you care about? What, what, is, what is valuable to you? Where are you going? You know? And so I had to sit down with a friend of mine who asked tough questions mm-hmm. and he said, you know, what do you, what's your five-year plan? I was like, bro, I don't know. That's why I'm here. He's like, okay, well, what's a 10-year plan? I'm like, I have no idea. And I was rapping at the time. So he was like, what's the 15-year plan? Well, I said, I know I don't want to rap anymore. That's for sure. Like, I'm not trying to be 45 years old, like, trying to get people to show up in Minnesota to put their hands up. Like, I'm not doing that. And so he's like, okay, well, what do you want to be doing? I said, I want to be telling people how great it is to be a father because I did not know. Um I knew then because I was a dad at that point, but I was just like, this is like incredible. You know, it's, it's pulling so much out of me that I didn't even know was there. And so that's kind of how the journey began. Do you want me to keep going? You know what? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I started, you know, I told him like, okay, yeah, I, w- I want to tell people how great it is to be a father. He goes, okay, well, who do you want to be taught? Who, who's these people? I'm like, oh, well, in 15 years, there'll be parents. So I guess around now, they're probably in middle school. So, okay, well, where are they? I was like, they're in middle school. He's like, no, where's their attention? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's on the internet. Uh, 
like social media. He was like, oh, okay. So you literally had someone walk you through a thought process of a business development plan. Yeah, but he didn't know he was doing that. He just was, he just was challenging me. Yeah. He was making you speak about your life and setting you up for this plan. Exactly. During this conversation. And you're now at the part where you're talking about mm, internet. Had you been on the internet? I mean, other than maybe Facebook, I mean, were you internet savvy at that point? Well, I was a musician, so I was traveling around. I was posting, uh, you know, songs and covers and, you know, promotional stuff for albums. So I probably had like, I had like a good 4,000 followers on Instagram at the time. You know what I'm saying? And I think I had like, you know, 6,000 on Twitter and I didn't have any Snapchat, no YouTube, nothing else. You know what I'm saying? And so this was 2015 May. You knew though that you wanted to talk to people about how wonderful fatherhood was. Yeah. Well, you know, how challenging it is, how great it is, how important it is to be invested in that because it is where you really grow, right? Like it takes you to another place because your father tries to teach you how to be a man, right? But your children force you to act it out. You know what I'm saying? So you could try or you want to like fill the shoes of your dad, but no one's really counting on you to do that, you know, until you have responsibility, then you don't have a choice. Right. Right. You're forced right. one way or the other. I want to read this to, to the folks who are listening and to the people who catch this on replay because it's your mission. Fathers can make mistakes that traumatize and wound their children. I was reluctant to become a father because I was afraid of this outcome. Once I was mentored by a good father, all that changed. Everyone deserves to see what being a good father looks like. I created belief in fatherhood to be the proof, to equip fathers, bring hope to mothers, and inspire children. My hope is that real stories of fatherhood will bring connection and healing to people everywhere. When I wrote your piece for our marketing team, I put in there, he's the, he's the, the dad everyone wishes they had when they were little. You know, mm-hmm. and and the father that a lot of people kind of hope to be because you're you're that real dad. You're that real dad who's willing to share. Oh, my mom is in here giving me a note. Uh, she says she can't hear me. Can you hear me, Glenn? I can hear you a little low, but I okay, just thought that's I can. There it I is. Can, that's that's better. Yeah, that sounds there we go. Better, yeah. I turned it the wrong way. Um you're that dad that a lot of dads are like, this is the kind of dad I would be. They didn't know it until maybe they saw you, but they had that uncle who might've been like that. And then when you're an adult, you're like, that's the cool dad, but you're also fun, but you're a dad. Like you're not trying to be your kid's best friend. You're being, my mom used to tell us, I send you to school and to, to the playground to make friends. You're going to get parents at home. Now we might be nice, (laughs) but we're still your parents. I'm not going to be your, yeah. your BFF. When right. you talked about being mentored by a father, who was that? Who was that person for you? So it, uh, so um, I was going to a church called The Movement in San Marcos. And there was a guy there who was leading the high school ministry. And I was one of the high school leaders. So I was like, basically, it's like the big brother type program. I'm hanging out with a bunch of kids and picking them up if they need a ride. And, you know, uh, really kind of being a father figure to these young kids. And I didn't really know it, see it as that at the time, but he was the leader of that group. And he was just kind of like invested in the leaders, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so he had at the time five daughters 
Wow. Uh, I think he had he had five or six. No, he had five, right? At the time. Now he has seven. So he he had five daughters. He invited us over to his house. And I walked in and it was like all of these people, right? Different sizes. <laughs> but everyone was like it was chaotic beauty, right? It was like this is almost like uh it's poetic. Like the second oldest is holding the youngest. The third oldest is washing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The oldest is kicking it. You know what I mean? The fourth youngest is just kind of like walking around, like asking if we need anything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, oh, and I just started to watch the authenticity, the response, the relationship. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Mm. You know? And it was just like seeing it. It was like, I all I needed to do was see it. Right. And so I realized, oh, there is, there's real proof out there. Like all I needed was proof that it could, that was possible. And right. then I knew I could do it. So all we have to do is literally just be proof. That's exactly what you write. Be the proof because somebody's exactly. always watching and they can try to mimic or emulate or imitate however they need to do to get started. But like you said, sometimes we just need to see that it can be done. And then yes. you figure out how to do it for you. So you have four, and I love this because you've got Mrs. Melanin, mm-hmm. right, Yvette? His wife is Mrs. Mm-hmm. Melanin, and the babies are? Theophilus. Chocolate yeah, Chocolate Babies. Chocolate right. Babies, and give us their names. Theophilus, Uriah, Anaya, and Uzziah. Um, it's it's a mouthful, but they are the, the best bunch of kids oh, ever. Oh, my gosh. I, it, other than people leaving the show right now, I would tell you hit the button, <laughs> just hit the link, go to the website, <laughs> see the picture of the family, and then come back real quick because you're, you are going to fall in love with his family and getting, I've watched them grow up just going through the YouTube channel. So my last one mm-hmm. was I went back uh, to your daughter's second birthday. She was going to turn three. It was two years ago. It's got 2 million hits now. And you're asking your two, almost three-year-old daughter what she wants for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And she she wants a cake and she wants some cookies and she wants time with her mom and she wants time with her brothers. And she, she's she got this list that you're not on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, what I love, Mel, is it's these real moments where you're yeah. like really honest about, okay, I got some issues with the fact that the only way she wants to be with me is if I'm with my wife or the boys. Yeah. And, and that was, I didn't realize it then. Cause I was emotional. I'm always emotional. Every time something happens, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm mad. And then I'm like, Oh, I get it. But I'm mad at first. You know what I'm saying? But she, what I didn't raise her. I raised I re, like now they're still being raised, of course, but, I was the primary care provider for the oldest two, right? So Stay do home. Favor. It, t- talk to the people about that so they understand what you say, because he just said he didn't raise his kids. And they're like, well, how are he going to be that proof? So explain right. to them what happened. You did this five-year plan and the transition that right. you and Yvette went through. Yeah. So I did a five-year plan and I said, I want to be telling people how great it is to be a father. We're going to, you know, they're on the internet. How often do we have to post on the internet? you know what I'm saying? To get, to grow over 15 years because the plan was a 15 year plan. It okay. wasn't a five-year plan. Cause I know the five-year plan. So then when I got to that point, I was like, okay, we're, I'm going to start telling these stories. My wife was kind of like, eh, 
but whatever, at least you're doing something. At least you got a plan. So I started making the videos. She didn't like it. Um, and then, you know, she's like, you, you, you posting the videos, my bra is out. You see my bra right there on the camera and the screen. I'm like, well, you should have put your bra away. You know what I'm saying? This is authenticity <laughs> here. You know what I'm saying? You and do so, wear a bra and other people know that bras exist. Right, 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 right. So she she just didn't like the representation, right? She was just kind of like, it makes me look bad because I'm everyone's going to blame the house on me. And I'm like, whatever. So she wasn't for it. And then people, she started to see the comments. And so my wife grew up in a Black community. She saw Black wife, Black husband, Black kids, Black community always together. I grew up in a community where I saw Black mother, Black kids. Sometimes you see you know, I'd see my uncle, my dad lived in Cali. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I saw him in the summers, but it, it was only a few dads in the community and they weren't invested in the community. It was only one that was like invested in us, you know? So you had like one father of the community and he was broke, poor all the time. And so it wasn't even something to aspire to, you right. know? That wasn't the proof and so, you were looking for. Right, right. But I I loved him to death. He was my like my best friend's dad. And I was like, I, I love this, but I didn't want to be it, you know. And so she didn't realize how many people grew up like I did without seeing the, the relationship, black on black love mm-hmm. and children. And so once she started to see the comment section where kids were like, you I'm 12 years old and I never wanted to be a dad until I saw this. You know, like, oh, hey, I, wow. I haven't talked to my dad. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like, you know, I, I haven't talked to my dad in eight years, but this video made me want to give him a call. Thank you. And so she starts to see the result of the work and she's kind of like, oh, I get it. Now, mind you, I'm making very small amount of money. I'm making just enough to cover, you know, our bills just and this is from music still. Not even Now, are you are you are you staying at home? I'm now? staying at home at this point. Have you started staying at home? Right. She she asked me to stay okay. home. So understand. So. Yeah. Yvette's working and you're you're the stay-at-home parent. So Exactly. So And you've got two kids at this right. point. So I know I know, see I've been I'm, y- I love Yeah, y'all. you went in. You went in real fast. real fast. You did your research. <laughs> Cuz you know a lot. So um Yvette was a math teacher. She was all our insurance, all that stuff was taken care of through her. We had two boys. Uh, in 2017, right? This is 2 years after me doing the channel. We we get she gets pregnant with my daughter. She decides that she's not gonna look for a job after the next year, but doesn't tell me. So it's like summertime, school's about to end, and I'm like, "Where are you gonna teach next year?" And she's kind of like, "Ah, right." And then I'm like, "Well, we need to figure it out because I like I can't afford this on my own, right?" I think I was making seventeen hundred dollars a month, and our bills were like probably came up to like four, 4,000 or something like that. So I needed her to work, you know, and she was just like, and she's a math teacher. So she could do that math quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a hard problem. You know, solve for X, you or X, you know what I'm saying? So, um, You're X. exactly. So it, it got to the point where it was like, okay. Um, she wasn't, she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I don't want you to raise our daughter. Like I want to come home. I always wanted a daughter. I want to come home. I want to take care of the baby. Mm. And I just was like, okay. And then literally like all the weight became, it was on me. You know what I'm saying? And so I was asking like, please just give us another year, please. You know what I'm saying? She was just like, yeah, you know, my, my, uh, what was it? Her, uh, credential expired. 
And so she would have to like go back and apply and all that stuff. And she's like, I'm not doing that. And so she came home and then I became, it was all on me. And so in 2017, that summer, we went from 25,000 subscribers to 70. And I just started doing more brand deals and started getting more opportunities. And it's all by faith. And um, yeah, that's kind of how we got to that next season. Yeah. So, so now I see folks, this is, I just watched a picture the other day. They had a picture of train tracks just going straight down the track. And they said, that is how men tell a story. And then they had like five train tracks going like this. And they said, that's how women tell stories. And I was like, what's the problem? Yeah, Cause yeah. watch this. I'm going to go back yeah. to your daughter's two year birthday going into three, which you talk <laughs> right. and you talking yeah, about, which is what not, we were talking about. Yeah. Not raising her. And this is why, because he was a stay at home dad. And now his wife is home. And so you're having this conversation with your two-year-old and you're getting yeah, emotional. And she wants, yeah. And she wants her mom because that's who she knows to always be there. And, and I wasn't far away. I was working in the garage, right? And my, we're there in the house. I'm in the garage, but mom was primary care provider. So my daughter is telling me like, hey, I want to spend time with mom, but I don't really have that much of a connection with you like that. Like, I want to kick it with my mom. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just couldn't get over that. But the interesting thing is, not to switch topics too much, but the interesting thing is my two oldest are still waiting for me to stop working and stay home full time. Because that's what they knew. That's what they know. And that's the standard for them. Oh, so. The, see, folks, look, I'm just going to tell you now, just keep track. You can rewind this in the replay. <laughs> just keep up with us. Yeah. Because that just made me think of your son sitting at the dinner table talking about the woman he wants to marry. Yes. Yeah. And, and I didn't look that was at a crisis. it. As, yes. I didn't look at him at it as him being lazy. I looked at it as he seen dad be home. And he doesn't understand that dad has still been working and providing. He just thinks it's cool that dad has been home. Yeah. Like he so doesn't you tell that story. <laughs> so I'm sitting, we sitting there at the dinner table and we're talking, we were doing this brand deal for, for Walmart and we're talking and I'm trying to get them to talk it's father's day. I'm like trying to get them to, you know, say, Hey, like, what, is, what, do, what do dads do? Great. Like, what are some things that dads do? And then my second oldest goes, I don't want to be a dad. We were like, why? And Yvette is like tripping because I got a vasectomy. Our youngest baby's three now. And she's like, I need me a grandchild. I don't want, I don't know what you're talking about. I need as many as possible. So she's like, why? Right. And so he goes, uh, it's just too much work. Like, you know, like, and I'm just like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, like I want to do what I want to do. And I don't want to have to think about anybody else. And so uh, the part that everyone else saw in the video was that, you know, He's like, oh, yeah, well, I think I have to get married because I don't want to work. And I want the woman to do all the work. That part. And I just like, yeah. my head just <laughs> fell into I got so stressed out. Like, I, like I, you didn't see because I was on camera, but I kind of like, I like glitched. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was trying to find the right insult, but everything seemed too vulgar Bad. for right. his innocence. Right, because how old is he? He's just a child, right? Yeah, but, but when you're a parent to kids, like everything is new. So everything is kind of like, this is the first time I'm dealing with this. And I, I get angry first. I'm angry at first. So like, I had to settle down. I had to be like, man, like, so what do you expect? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just not going to do anything and you're going to make your wife work for you. Are you, are you kidding? Um, but that's what he thought I was doing. Like, right. And, 
and people don't know what I do, right? Like even like subscribers are like, they don't understand why I need space or why I need whatever I need or why I have whatever I have. Like they don't, they, they're lacking perspective. And he was just greatly lacking perspective to the point where he admitted that he wanted to be a, a sugar baby and have a cougar, you know? <laughs> this message is brought to you by the Get Ready to Work Workbook, providing everything you need to know before your next interview, especially if your next interview is your first interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is for you if you need help preparing for job interviews. It's a book and a workbook in one that combines education and information gathering. You'll be more confident and have the tools to be more prepared for your next interview. The Get Ready to Work Workbook is available on Amazon.com. Get your copy today. Now, back to today's show. To the point where he admitted that he wanted to be a, a sugar baby and have a cool girl, you know? <laughs> And, and, and I, I when was I showing saw that that's what you entitled it. Yeah. <laughs> a sugar baby. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That would be comparable to Gavin. Mm -hmm. He just, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the boy, he's, he's going to violate me. He's going, he's going to continue to say things that have me glitch. And I just have to start to prepare myself a little bit better. Um, but it's, it's really funny. The stuff that they say. So I, I think it's a good time to take a, a little bit of time and really tell people what your day is like, what your week, what you, what you and your wife's life is about. Because I do think people have, a, have an impression of content creators or people that you know have a million subscribers and they don't understand the work that goes into this and the work yeah. that it takes to maintain it. I mean, obviously there are some benefits, but when you work for yourself, Whatever you do working for yourself, it's still a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's all the work. It's right. it's you know, there is, you know, I have employees now, you know what I'm saying? And they are I serve them. Right. I still serve my family. And I have to make sure that I'm not trying to get them like do it all just for show. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I literally have hacked the system where like, I'm a dad for a living. That's what I do. That's my job. Mm -hmm. I'm a dad. You know what I mean? And not a lot of people can say that, but not only am I a dad for the living, I mean, for, for a living, I'm also, I'm also you, you one of the highest for a little bit. You said, you're, not only are you a dad for a living, but you're a dad. Right, not for... only I'm a dad. I'm, I'm one of the top fathers in the creative space. Right. Right. So you're all dad, the other dads. You're a dad in real life and you're a dad in your career. It's a vocation and an avocation. It is you're you're right. a dad in every sense. Yes. In every sense of the word. Exactly. And so other and fathers. It's your livelihood. And, exactly. So for me to for, for my child to come up to me and tell me that I'm not keeping my word or I'm not um you know what I'm saying? Like it hurts way more because it's like, oh yeah, not only are you like messing up this relationship, but you're not even talking about preaching what you're, you know what I'm saying? Living right. like you're, yeah. it, you're preaching you a different sermon than you're living. Yeah. You, you breaking my heart and you messing up my brand. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> it's messing up the paper. Yeah. This could affect uh, your sugar baby status is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so, it, it, so there, what is, there is what a is a day like? Stuff. What is a day like for you? Actually, I got a different question. What was the first time you got a, a advertising spot the first time a brand said to you we want you to represent us yeah if you i tell you the was. brand i can't tell you the story yeah 
Do you want the okay, brand? Tell or me the story. Don't tell me. better. Tell me the story. I always go for the story. Okay. So this brand reached out and they were like, hey, we love your stuff. We really want to work with you because I was always doing my kids hair. Okay. So it was a hair product type thing. So I did this uh, brand deal. And here's the thing. Like when you ask a creative person how much they want to charge or whatever, creative people don't know because we don't know we're worth. We don't know the value of creativity and we don't know how far it can go. So I did this video. The total was $900 is how much they wanted to pay me. I did this video with my son. I was doing his hair and put it up on Facebook because that was where they wanted it. It got, I want to say across all platforms within like a month, it probably did around 8 million or something like that views. A friend of mine did the same brand deal. His video got like 256,000 views and he got paid $8,500. And you're like, now he had, uh, and so what I always say, I always get mad first. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's your go it's your go to emotion. <laughs> My go to I'm sitting, you know what I'm saying? And I'm I, I get mad like black men get mad right. when I go around and just start talking like the people in, in the room. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, yeah, he told me this. Now I gotta do this. Now I'm walking around here looking stupid. You know what I'm saying? So um the the homie got paid when he got paid, and I was like, ah, okay. So when they reached, I was hurt, but I didn't say anything. When they reached out again. I was like, ten thousand dollars. Right, get me. And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, we 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 can't we can't jump from like nine hundred to ten. We can do four. And I was like, nah. Like my video went crazy. Like it did really well. And they were like, well, we did kind of boost it. Da, da, da. I was like, you can't pay the amount of money to boost something and get eight million views. It's impossible. You can't do that, right? right. If Facebook knows you're gonna pay to boost something, they're gonna charge you, like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars to boost it to get 8 million views, which means right. you can at least pay me 10, you know? And she was like, I don't think so. No, we can't do it. And then I got mad. So then I was like, well, I'm not working with you anymore. Da, 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 da. What I didn't understand though, is that the agencies, like the brands hire agencies and the yes. agencies hire people. Those people go to different agencies. So once the lady, I, I burned a bridge with her, I burned a bridge with so many different other brands because she just left and kept going different agencies. So it was a huge learning experience. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And it was great. But like after that, I realized that I should not be doing my own brand deals and negotiating. Bam. So I hired a friend of mine, you know, I hired a friend of mine because I was like, I'm too emotional. It's, a, it's attached to my bottom line. They're talking about me. They're saying that I'm worth this. I know I'm worth more than that. At least I think I am, you know? And so I hired someone who basically just took a percentage and served as an agent for my brand stuff. And then um, that went really well. I think she took like 15%. And so, you know, like the first year was like, oh, we made $60,000. I was like, man, this is incredible. The second year it was like 80 something. And then like, it went to like 300 real quick. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, and it just kept growing. Good yeah. move on hiring someone. So I'm I'm still a SAG after card carrying member because I just yeah. never too old for that. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the first lessons I got from my godfather who was in the industry, he said, you pay your agent. They don't pay you. 
and you let your agent negotiate everything. Yeah. And that way you don't ever have to go on set and be the bad guy. Your agent will take care of that. You yeah. get to show up and do your job. So, yeah, because it's it's hard, you know, when when you are your brand. You know, mm-hmm. when you are your brand, um, when people are saying things, it's hard not to take it personally. And it's hard to negotiate 100%. with a clear head. And then, like you said, you, you learn that lesson because you don't want to be the one to burn a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that. <laughs> done that. Yeah, well, that's because your go to emotion is that. anger. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not even get into the therapy sessions I've been in, man. It's been wild. But we, we, yeah, we've when, been making some progress, so that's good. Yeah, yeah when your go-to reaction is get a match, I'm burning it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, don't talk to me year, like, don't devalue me. Don't devalue me, because I might say something when I get really ticked off. When I get done talking to myself, I'll have a few choice words for you. Yeah. Look, the man is trying not to curse to his <laughs> at his children. So you know if you're an adult, you have no grace in this. Mm-hmm. So the five-year plan, because mm-hmm. I love that you actually had the information from the five-year plan, which I wrote down here. Cause I just think, unless, do you know mm-hmm. the things that you wrote down? Do you have it there? I'll just read them. Where do you want to be? Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, pro- what was the problem that you want? This down, even if you're not a, a father, this is just a great uh, outline for a five-year plan. Where do you want to be in five, 10, 15, whatever it is. And then what's the problem you want to solve? What was your problem that you wanted to solve? Right. So, yeah. So I knew that as a kid or as a young teenager, when we heard about like, oh, man, the homie got pregnant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or like he's about to have a baby. We were like, oh, man, his life is over, man. Like it was like we was like we mourned for him, you know, and I didn't realize that like children are a blessing. I heard it before, but I didn't know that they really are, you know? And so that was a myth that I was willing to bust because even becoming a father, I would be still rapping and hanging out with my homies who were who were rhyming and they were just like, man, you just keep having kids, huh? And I'm kind of like, yeah. And I make it makes me better. You know, it 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 makes me better. And they didn't understand that. So I just was like, Dang it, man. I'm tired of like people believing this. It's just not true. So I wanted to change how people viewed fatherhood and even how we're represented on in media. Traditionally, the oh, Al man. Bundy's, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Homer Simpson, right? Like we're just kind of fumbling idiots that couldn't find our way around the kitchen. And you know what I'm saying? But I've always been the better cook. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, my grandfather, Henry, yeah. he cooked all the meals. Right. Might be something in that name. He he literally he could, I didn't even know grandmother's my grandmother cooked on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. He got a break. And those were the only two days of the year. Yeah, that every other day of the year my grandfather cooked. I thought all men cooked. Right. Yeah. Surprise. Ain't like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Talk to me about it. That's you know that's why I have another show called Divorce is Not a Destination. There you go. I learned the there hard way that they don't. Um you have one here, study your audience and who is the problem affecting? So when you looked at the problem you wanted to solve, it was that whole image of what people think fatherhood is, what being a dad could look like, especially, and just be, let's just be real. You've got Homer Simpson and all these dads that we see on TV. And then you have that whole image of being a black father. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you're not even there. 
Oh, you're absentee all day long. Yeah, you're absentee, and you might you might see him if you look out on the streets. Maybe, Maybe. Your daddy, because he don't Maybe. have a job. Right. Yeah. So what is just, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of yeah. like it, it's 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 so interesting. So I, I had the the who was the problem affecting, and I yes. was like, it's affecting everybody. Everybody. Everybody, right? On some way, in some way, it's affecting everybody because it's the rebuttal. Like when I'm talking to somebody, or they'll be like, you know, they'll read, they'll see like Black Father, da 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 da. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, still, I get comments like that. Like, that is the running joke. Uh, it is the, you know, like, it is, we are part of the community in a way that, you know, we serve our community, we protect our community, but we haven't, we've been like misaligned or like, you know, basically lied to that we are good for nothing and can barely figure out anything. Right. You and know? not need it. Right. We can yeah, do this without not, you. Like, exactly. Exactly. And it and does so, affect everybody. You're right. It affects, when you wrote in here, uh, equip fathers, bring hope to mothers and inspire children. Because one of the conversations I have a lot with women is this whole thing of, um, you know, even in the marriage vows, love, honor, and obey. And people are, oh, but you're so independent. How could you? And I said, because it's in a sense that we're not familiar with and not used to dealing with. When you have a man who is being a provider and he is looking at the family as a unit that he has charge over to love and care for, you're not going to have a problem leaning into that because you're being taken mm -hmm. care of. And I don't mean taking yeah. care of that you can't handle yourself and you don't have a decent job and all of that, but it's a partnership that many of us were not familiar with. And so for me, I think one of the reasons I fell in love with you is you were the men that I had in my family. I was really, really fortunate. And my mom, it mm -hmm. I was raised by my stepdad, but I had a grandfather who was there forever and worked and took care of the family. I had uncle, an uncle, a couple of uncles who were there and were until they passed and, you know, worked and took care of the family are still there. I have cousins that are a little bit older than you who are that kind of man. So for me, yeah. I was just happy and proud to see you and Yvette with this kind of family unit and putting it out there for people to learn from and be proud of and hopefully emulate. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you, you, you can't be charged if you can't see it. Like, of course, like nobody wants to get married or it's, it's like all this, like, what is it? Like battle of the sexes. It seems like everybody's got a complaint about the opposite sex. And it's like, yo, like you haven't seen what it's supposed to look like. So I don't blame you. And that's why I love like the Black Love Doc, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Cody and Tommy, right? On, on the Oprah Winfrey Network, like doing very, very good work. I love their work. We were on the show, had the, the opportunity to be on the show and it was an incredible experience. But that type of proof is kind of like, Yes, you can fail that bad mm -hmm. and still make it to this point. And, I, and I'll tell you something that happened yesterday. My wife and I were talking about it on our, our next podcast. But or one comes out tomorrow, then the following one. We're going to talk about okay. that, too, because I want everybody to know about okay. the other podcast. Okay, but my wife and I, we were having this conversation because we were in the gym and we were working out together and our trainer has us doing these reps back and forth. He gave me a kettlebell. He gave her a kettlebell. Now I'm doing the kettlebell swings and she's doing the kettlebell swings, but she's looking at me like your swing. They look, that looks too easy. Like you look like you're, it's not heavy. So she comes over, like I'm, I'm dying, right? I'm, I'm, it's heavy, but I'm, I'm doing the right form. Right. She comes over and she lifts it. She's like, Oh my gosh, this is heavy. And so she's like, 
why did I have to figure out if your weight, if you were carrying enough mm, weight? Interesting. You know what I'm saying? And we started to talk oh. about this, this whole thing about carrying weight and how I was like, babe, I never want you to know how heavy my weight is. It's none of your business. Just know I'm carrying the weight. You know what I'm saying? And I'm doing what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And today, today, the exact, like uh, today, the, Wednesday is the busiest day of the week for me. Um, it's because our, our videos usually come out today and we postponed it. But today I'm working, I'm doing my stuff. I'm finalizing this video. She calls, hey, uh, the tire's flat in the car. I'm over here. She's like, it's a 90 minute wait and we got a meeting in, in an hour. And I was like, all right, you need me? She was, and she was like, yeah. So I stopped, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go. I just I got, got the bump of the goose. Not the goose. You know what I'm saying? I got the bump of the goose <laughs> just hearing that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I could play this on the women's network. Just that one clip. She called. Yeah. You need me. Yes. I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, okay. What's, what's the point of having a husband if you can't come switch over a flat tire? You know what I'm saying? So I just went, I went there and it was, it was just so poetic how we're learning so much about relationship, life. And I'm realizing that, man, I, I got employees here watching me that want to find a wife. How do you treat your wife, right? You get up and go. Hey, man, if you're at work and your wife tells me, hey, you need this, bye. What am I supposed to do? Make you stay here because you're on the clock? Sit on that bye, tire. I'll be there in four hours. Nah, 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 yeah. nah. You leave. Yeah, it, it, it's no that. Oh, my gosh, you just flashed back to a couple of weeks ago and I, I won't even get into it. But yeah, it, it was partnering with someone at this level where you two are to be able to be there for each other because you can and you want to. That's mm -hmm. everything, because every one of your children is watching, your employees are watching, your neighbors are watching, and we don't even mm -hmm. need to get into the million people on YouTube. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I mean, if people may go, oh, but because people now we've got so much social media, people are used to seeing folks fronting for the camera. But yeah. when it's your life, when it's your real life, your kids are going to keep you real. They don't care about the brand. They don't care about what product you hocking this week. Your kids are going to keep you honest. And so you I know how I many opportunities we, we've had. We, we've had opportunities to go to get our own TV show, mm -hmm. you know. And my oldest son is like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we have to have family meetings about the decisions we make. I have to ask them consent to film. Like, they have a choice on whether or not they want to be in the video. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah, you that's know? beautiful. And so, but we, we're going to figure out the side effects to all the social media stuff coming another 10 years. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure it all out because we don't know right now. But I'm right. sorry. I know you got more for me. No, well, I, well, I'm, I, I want to talk about two things. One is the podcast. So talk to us about how married are you, and when it's coming yeah. back, and what it's about. Uh, okay, so it is back. We had our we had two episodes started on uh, August fourth, and the next episode comes out tomorrow. Uh, we had a camera issue, so it's just audio, but it's a really good episode about therapy. Uh, we go into our our timeline with therapy, why I didn't want to do it, why, how beneficial it's been, why we have three therapists. She has one, I have one, and we have, we have one, a marriage yeah. therapist. Yeah, a couple therapists. Um, and how important it is to have that coach in your mind. Uh, and the next one, we talk about 
you know, how, the weight of it all. You know, we're, we're talking about the gym experience. Uh, and so we, we, we sit back and we tell you, we have conversations that are candid where we just address this, all the crap up in the front. Um, and the reason why is because our parents never told us when they were having money problems or when they were fighting or when, you know, things were bad. And we assumed that everything was fine. And then when we got married, we were kind of like, we're not fine. Right. And we're not going to pretend we're fine. And, and why didn't somebody tell us? Married. Right. It, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to let you walk into marriage believing that everything is fine because mm-hmm. it's not. So um, there was a point where, you know, we had to stop the podcast because we didn't know we wanted to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And so yeah, that was like the, a real conversation. Yeah. I saw the show when you came back. And so, yeah, and I, and right. I, and I knew without even knowing, I knew just from how, how right. the two of you were talking and what you're talking about. So one, thank you for, thank you for your vulnerability. Um, because it's not easy putting your relationship out there for people to learn from while you're learning yourself from your own relationship. Yeah. Because it's like you said about your children, you, you, my mom told me when I was a teenager, my parents had, my mom and, and my dad had gone through something and I was like, why are you dealing with this? And she, she said, there's no manual. There's no mm-hmm. manual. We're, we're learning while you're learning. And she said, and even if I had gotten a manual with you, it wouldn't have worked on your sister. And so, you know, it it was the realization for me that our parents are doing the best that they can with what they have. And it's our responsibility to learn everything that we can. I also commend the two of you for going to therapy because, you know, a lot of our folks and we could talk about the swimming thing in a minute because, you know, black folks got an aversion to that, too. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the therapy thing is for yourself and it's for your relationship. So you do benefit from having your own therapist and then having one for you as a couple. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we just realized that, like, I know that too. Like, my parents did as good as they can, and I need a lot of therapy. And I'm going to do as best as I can. My children are going to need therapy. It just is what it is. And I tried to have this conversation recently with one of my parents and just saying, hey, like, I know you did the best you could, but that's the whole point. Like, even your best is still, it's it's just your best. It's not what's supposed mm-hmm. I'm not blaming anybody or anything like that, but I do understand, like, that we don't even, we're not even capable of understanding what's possible because- especially with family. And it irritates me so much how many people accuse family style vloggers or whatever of like trying to like uh, exploit, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I wouldn't have to show anything if your parents did their job. Like if your parents told you the truth, this would be, my my channel should have zero views. Right. You know, and some people it's kind of entertainment for them. But right. you're not really sure. an entertainment blog. It really yeah. is real life in a real house with some real people. And you just get to see it. Yeah. You're not, somebody's not scripting you. You're not, you know, this is not real housewives of so-and-so. I've never seen a housewife on the wall. look like any of these people right. on these shows. Right. I know housewives. Right. They don't look like that. They don't nope. own a sequin gown. Nope. <laughs> Um, so for you, I feel like I just walked into the living room of a black family that could easily have been one of my relatives 
and this is what's going on. And, and I just hope that people understand if it's not for you, stop watching. But there are a million people that are watching because I think they're getting something out of it. And what I love about it is kids can watch your show. Kids can watch your program and be able to relate to your children. Yeah. And yeah. parents and uncles and aunties and caregivers can watch your show and, and not feel like they're dealing with something and they're the only ones dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's pretty much like we try to make it, we have a whole like policy on how we communicate and how we film and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we try to make it so that the, all, the stuff that's happening in the world isn't in the, isn't in the content. Right. right. So my kids don't care about the, who the president is. Yeah, you're not talking don't politics care. with your three-year-old, <clears throat> four-year-old. Right? Absolutely not. You know, th- there's not a lot of that. I mean, there's like a few times where I kind of be like, hey, we have to have this conversation because of this, right? Yeah. But most of the time, it's an escape from the outside. It's like, okay, we're in the house now. You know what I'm saying? And this is how we communicate in the house. Yeah. When the, the guys are there filming, and we don't film often, um, but, you know, like maybe once or twice a week, but they're required, like, their role is be a fly on the wall. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. If you're getting value from what you're hearing today, if you've had moments where you thought, I should write this down, or that is really interesting, I didn't know that, then I want to invite you to stay connected to me. You can do it by going to my website. And my website is liveempoweredinstitute.com. That's liveempoweredinstitute.com. And when you get there, hit the subscribe button so that you'll have access to any events, courses, articles, or promotions that might be going on. You can also get my other social media outlet links there. That's for Facebook, where I'm at Live Empowered Institute, or my Instagram, where I'm at Dr. Lisa Summer Hour, and my YouTube channel. But if you missed all of that, just go to the website, Live Empowered Institute, www.liveempoweredinstitute.com. And you'll be able to stay connected with me there. Thanks. If you see something, you do not interfere. You, If the kid needs help, you call the parents. Mm-hmm. You alert them. You know what I'm saying? You bring yeah. the camera. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to make it so that whoever's experiencing it feels like they're in the house. Right. You know? Right. And that is a privilege to even exactly. see it. I believe that. It's literally being invited into someone's house. You become a house guest. That's yeah. what it feels like. Not feel mm-hmm. like you're watching a performance. I want to let people know, and you just talked about the conversations are, are real everyday things that people experience. So it's getting your kids in the swimming pool, teaching your children how to swim. But I want you to talk about the haircut because I just watched you give your son a haircut. And I want you to talk about the, the angst that you went through because what that meant to you to, to do their hair. And now you've got another important haircut coming up. Uh, you want me to talk about the, um, talk about your haircut first that you gave him. Oh, the, ha- the, 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 which one, Theo or Uriah, the dreads cut off or uh, yes. just recently? Just recently. No, just recently. Well, the gr- okay. dreads cut off was interesting because he turned into a new person. Yes. Yes. Um, the recent one, so Uriah is my second oldest. He does not like to comb his hair. Uh, he likes it just to kind of run free. And sometimes we got to run a comb through it. And it's like, he just, he cries. It's, it's, it's really dramatic. You know what I'm saying? And it does hurt for sure, but it's kind of like, bro, this is what you sold. And we start, you know, combing his hair, or taking it apart. And it's like, we're finding like, uh, 
all types of stuff in his head. Like we're toothpick. finding, you pulled a toothpick I found a toothpick and, and uh toothpaste, like just toothpaste. It's like, you pull it out and it's just like, what is, this is toothpaste. You know what I'm saying? And so like, it's the process of being like, all right, man, I know what you want. I know what you want to experience, but you like, you want to have this certain style, but you got to earn that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just had to cut it off. So we gave him a baldy. We gave him a one against the grain and we just took it all off because I was so frustrated uh, with the process of cutting his hair. Yeah. And my wife was not for it, oh. but she, yeah, but she, she let she me take over. the lead. And yeah. now the locks. Talk about your son when you cut his locks off. Your other that son. was hard. Yeah, yeah, that was hard. So that was, you know, when he was a baby, I just was always, he was always on my lap and he would fall asleep. And it was just me and him. It was like, when I just twist his hair, twist his hair, twist his hair, he'd fall asleep. And then all of a sudden he had locks, right? And my wife was like, it's cool, but I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? And I just kept twisting and kept twisting, cut it off, retwisted, and then it got really long. I think his last haircut was when he was like one or something like that. And then uh, it got really long. And then he came to me and was like, you know, I, I want to cut my hair. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't even want to tell us because he knew how we felt. Um, and we both were kind of like, man, are you sure you want to do this? Because we don't think you're going to like your hair. You know, and he was like, well, like it's it's kind of in my way. And like it just was he looks so sad, you know, and I didn't realize he was sad because he's always looked like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like his his regular demeanor was just kind of looking like I'm here, you know. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, he's fine. He's always like that. Um, until he told me that he asked me to cut off his hair. I made it a huge, huge production. We cut it off, and it was like, here's why I knew I was foolish, is because I found his birthmark. Oh, it's on, on his head. Scalp? On a scout, I had no idea, you know, and it was like, man, you think you know everything about somebody, especially when they're your child, you know, and then you you go through something drastic like that, that experience, and you realize I have no idea what I'm doing here, and I'm gonna give him more domin- dominion over his life, over his self, you know, and that allowed me to release with Uriah release with Anaya and Uzi is reaping all the benefits Yeah, because yeah. he don't care about nothing and he is free. And how Child old is, is he? Free. Three. Well, thank you for the, I, I love this story because it, it hopefully parents are going to hear this. And when you think, Oh, they're just a kid. They don't know what they want. Sometimes they know what they want. Yes. And it's, <laughs> and it wasn't, and, it, and it's not a big ask. It's my hair. I want it cut off. Mm-hmm. And then you see this other person blossom out of this because something has been lifted off of them that you didn't even know was there. So perfect, perfect way for us to start wrapping up here. I want to ask the audience if anybody has any questions or comments for Glenn before we get to my last couple of little questions. I see my mom is down here. Mom, this is the the young man who went to school with Renee. So Glenn and I realized that uh, he and my niece went to elementary school together, which Mm -hmm. is just how small the world is. We went to middle school together. Middle school together. So I always end my show, this show with a couple of questions. They're my what went wells. Um, I have a what went well journal for for adults and for children so that at the end of the day, people can write down three things that went well and what caused them to go well. It's the daily, the things that happen in your life every day that that you're a part of. 
And so I start off with what went well for you today? And they could be just small things. They don't, they're not, I tell people little miracles happen to us all the time. We just don't always catch them. So what went well for you today? A lot went well. Um, yeah, a lot went well. Um, I, I, I got to figure out that I, okay. So I went to go, my wife got the flat tire, went to go change the tire, right? While I'm down there changing the tire, it's been a minute since I've changed the tire, but I wasn't going to be out here looking crazy. So I was just fi- figuring it out. I'm going to figure this out. And I didn't, I didn't, I should have unscrewed the, the lug nuts before I lifted the car, right? Because if you do that backwards, the car, the w- tires will spin. So this guy's watching me and he's like, he's, he's in a forklift and he's watching me and he was like, you need help? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll figure it out. Right. I get mad first. Right. <laughs> so, but I'm quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm very consistent. Oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, he's like, look, man, just let me help you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, cool. So he's like, yeah, you gotta. So basically I had to let the, the car back down and then I unscrewed the lug nuts and he lifted it up with the forklift. And I popped the tire right back, the spare tire on, and we kept it moving. But the thing was, my wife wanted, she was like, we could have just waited for Progressive. We could have just, you know, figured out how to, you know, with our insurance company or whatever. We could have figured out some other way to, to handle this. But he helped me because he saw me working. Mm-hmm. And the value of, like, you putting in work in order to receive, you can't receive help if you're not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. They don't even um, know what they help to help you with. Exactly. They don't even know how to help you. Right. My wife could have just been sitting there all day waiting and that dude could have been helped, but he didn't know because I, I didn't, you know, I, he, well, he knew because I put myself in a position. So I just realized that I got to put myself out there a little bit more mm. because there's some things I do need help with, you know, and I want to figure it out on my own, but I really don't know how to ask. Oh, I love this one. This, that was a great one. So my second what went well is look over the last week to two weeks and something that has gone well. Man, uh, last week I was sick. I had COVID last week. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the funnest time with the kids. We had um, like three Nerf gun fights. And uh, it was just amazing. Like we just played a lot. And I got to wrestle and train the dog more and spend time with my wife. Um, I was tired of it for sure because I was ready to get back to work, but it, it really did go well. Like even having something like COVID, like it was, it was kind of like fun, you know? You made, the, you definitely made the most of it. I had it about a month ago and um, yeah. I got a lot of reading done. Yeah. And it was the same thing. I was just like, I was looking at all the stuff. People were like, How? it's like, oh, I feel terrible, but it's been good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm really tired and I can't talk right now, but I'm on the ninth episode of a nine part series on diversity. Yay. Wow. Um, okay. Now look back over your life and, and look at something where you look back and you go, you know what? This is really going well for me. Like I, I'm, I am so good with this right here. Oh man. Whew. I mean, I could, I can go on and on about that. Do a but, whole another hour, I know. Right, but I'm from Baltimore. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm Baltimore, uh, born and raised. I moved out here when I was 19. The reason why I moved out here, though, is because I was suicidal at 19. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I called my dad to say goodbye, and he, he asked me to. He's like, "Just give it one more chance, please. Come out and sleep on my floor." And 
I came out here and slept on this floor. I was not an MC. I was not a DJ, a poet, nothing. And me making that one move changed everything, right? I came out here, I developed a new community of friends. I learned how to rap. I got in a relationship with the Lord. I met my wife. There's a whole friend group. There's so much that ha- that's happened because I made that that jump. And moving to California, leaving Baltimore, sleeping on my dad's floor, my dad giving me a chance to to start over, that mm. changed everything. That is definitely a, a life what went well. And now we have another connection because my family was from Rockville, Maryland. So this Henry, if your first name, if your last name was Magruder, I would know that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I want to leave you with, if there's anything that you want to say to wrap us up before I, I sign off of here today. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching those people who watch later, those watching now. Um, I think that is important that uh, we remember how, how um, important and necessary it is to be present in whatever we're doing. Right. And so uh, I try to, I try to now do that because I realize there's no time like the present. Um, And my children are demanding that time. My wife is demanding that time. And what I do right now could literally change anything, you know, in my life. So just, just remember to be present wherever you are. Thank you for that. Everybody, you have been listening to Glenn Henry on this episode of Live Empowered. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour. Please go to Belief in Fatherhood, and it's B-E-L-E-A-F, like a leaf, beliefinfatherhood.com. And stay tuned. Look for the podcast, How Married Are You With His Wife? Wait a minute. She was on my screen here, but she's gone. I had her, <laughs> I had her website, Yvette. Yvette mm-hmm. has her own website. She's going to have her own podcast. So you're going to have to go to the Believe in Fatherhood website so you can stay connected to the family and feel like you're now a part of the Henry clan. Everybody yes. have a wonderful evening. Stay blessed. Do something good for yourself and then do something good for somebody else. Bye-bye. Bye, Thank you for listening to this series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook at Dr. Lisa Summerhour, Live Empowered Institute. If you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to friends and family. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access at fireside.com backslash Lisa Summerhour. That's L-I-S-A-S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays on Fireside and my YouTube channel. Until next time, remember that life is the journey and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.